What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. This is the third episode for the week. We are on a fucking blaze, man. 2021, man. 2021. New year, new us. And all that shit. Cool. But I mean, so, you can't yeah. you can't blame us. Also, there's just a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, like news and then just shit happening in the world. Yeah, like one of my friends was telling me that oh shit, you guys got some good momentum, man. We we're like, yeah, fuck yeah, man, because we are trying to uh, grow this podcast as much as we can this year. But I mean, personally, over the past few days, right, I've also just looking at the the COVID trends around in the other countries. It's really fucking like worlds apart from what is what Singapore is, uh, and I'm thinking that. You know, like this time last year where I was like, ah, you know, it's happening in other countries, not going to blow up. Now I'm a little more, um, how you say, uh, how you say, a little more, a, a less brushing, brusher less arrogant, of those less, kind of things. Uh. Com- I wouldn't say less complacent, arrogant. Complacent. More, more humbled. More humbled. Less complacent. You know, I'm enlightened. Yeah. Fuck you, la, shut up. Let me get to my <laughs> point. So, assuming that the, for the worst happens, right, and if things come come to Asia, which I really hope it doesn't, and I hope this whole fucking COVID thing ends, if it comes down, there's another lockdown, the podcast is a format that will still continue, uh, which is the beauty of, of the, the format. So, yeah, we just want to, this is going to be a focus for us this year. So, we're going to be churning them out, man. Mm. But wait, you you mean when you said come to Asia, what do you mean come to Asia? As oh no, so I mean if you look at the in Europe now, where so many countries are undergoing lockdown again, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I mean last year it was a it was tough lot for people in media when there was a lockdown. We couldn't film the TV shows we were working on. We had to just pause it, uh, and the podcast was still something we could create, mm. So I think in the worst case, if shit happens again, I really hope it doesn't. But lockdowns happen. Who knows what the fuck the future holds? The podcast is still something we can create, la. Yeah. But speaking of TV shows that, and filming and everything, uh, last night yeah. we, we had a sneak preview of one of the shows that we uh, we were producing, uh, the, yeah. the pilot episode of the a series. And yeah. uh, I don't know, man, it was it was amazing. La. Just, yeah, just was that feeling of like, <laughs> that, you know, like years ago we thought this idea and then just like even through a pandemic, somehow this shit happened. And it's just like, just I tell you honestly, there were like, I had tears in my eyes like at some <laughs> point while watching it. Uh. What series? Uh? Yeah, yeah, I'm a very sentimental when it comes to this kind of thing. Uh. Like, like, while just thinking back to where we were before and what we were trying to do with this idea and everything and seeing it come to fruition and all. Wow, that's so touching, man. Normally yeah. I thought you were cold and dead inside. No, no, no. It's just I was in the in the corner of the room and everything. So yeah, you were in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I just quietly wiped my eyes, that's all. Oh, no, no. And it was... Like it was, a, it's a Tamil show that will come out. I think in the next month or so, it's a TV pilot. We got a great team together. Uh, it was our our concept, but we worked with a super awesome writer to bring it to life. And and yeah, like just watching, like both Terence and I didn't understand what we were watching. We know the story, mm. but the dialogue and all. But it was still so nice to to just be in an editing suite with other yeah. people who all have been hit by COVID, but just trying to make some shit together, la. So yeah, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah and everyone was the excited. Other yeah. and other actors were there, you know, the producer was there, everyone was like excitedly waiting to watch the first cut. We and clapped everything. before and after the first cut was shown. Yeah, yeah, Ooh! Yeah. Was nice feeling, uh, nice feeling. Yeah, it was fucking nice, man. Yeah. And we like hopefully we uh, I mean, hopefully it comes out soon, like next month or something, we will yeah. be Then we can get posting. we can get like the stars of the show and the director all on the podcast as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. It. Yeah. Oh. Woo! Huh? Cross cultural. Then we got a Chinese show also that 
We've got a Chinese show. We're coming after every fucking language, man. Yeah. This is the year of diversification, yeah. right? Today, this year is the Malay. We need a Malay show. Come on, yeah. Surya. Come on, Surya. <laughs> or Malaysia or somebody. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yes. Correct. But, but uh, yeah, what? No, we, we, we need to get back to the normal plug. We didn't do, oh, do yeah, the plug correct. for the new, the new episode that we released previously. Yeah. So, I mean, just a, a note on that. Yesterday, we debuted our third episode of the week. Uh, it is something that we are experimenting with and trying to figure out. So, if you have any feedback, if you just can listen to it and let us know your thoughts. It will evolve and we would love for you to be part of that. Mm, so, so, you can listen to that. Yeah. But for today, uh, we are back to regular programming, which means our regular plug, uh, which is that if this podcast has brought you joy or any sort of emotion that is... Uh, something nice mm. uh, at some point in your life, it would be great if you could share that with someone who may not have heard of this podcast yet. Of That's course, it's great if you share it with someone and they're like, oh, fucking, I love this podcast too. That's awesome. And then just find someone else. La. Well, then we are like the new, the new like uh, SDU. Uh, is that what they call it? Or Tinder. It's like, a, it, we're like match, we match make people because of their interest in the Alabad podcast. Whoa. Oh, that'd be dope, man. Can you imagine if two uh, people I, like, they, they got together because it started off like, hey, I listen to this podcast. Oh, you too? On a bus or something yeah, like that. We, they see that we've already, playing on their phones. We've already had one Redditor tell us that, uh, I mean, Yalabad is uh, one of the 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 aspects of <laughs> some foreplay. Um, so, I mean, you know, as as um, it would be cool if we find out that Yalabad actually led to people falling in love mm. or creating a baby or yeah. something like that. That would be cool. Yeah, that's right. That would be cool. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> but the topic the topic in question is something that is super fucking interesting. Um it's it's something that I guess erupted in the early twenty twenty one that has repercussions with updates continuing up till yesterday. Yes. And it is the the ban of Donald Trump on social media. Mm. Mm. It's been a quiet, quiet, quiet week without Trump. Uh, blasting out tweets on social media. Huh? Yeah. Miss, what, 88 million followers on Twitter? 88.7. Oh my God. Which which he now has no access to. Yeah. But I mean, before we get there, can you imagine fucking Biden or not? It's like, you know, he just got a new job. He's about to start in like, what, fucking five days, but no one gives a shit about him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in some ways, in some ways, that's, uh, I guess that's, you, you kind of want that before you actually have to actually start work, right? It's like before I you mean, start when you before you start a new job, then they send you all that stuff that you need to read and all that. Like most people actually don't don't want to have to read it before they start work, right? No, but if you think about it, if you're starting a job and the person you're taking over is just shitting all over the office, right? And just causing and like people still care about him. They're like, oh, you know, and you're coming in, you're like, hey guys, you know, I'm starting in five days. It'll be cool to do some handover shit. Yeah. And talk about my inauguration. I think the latest update is he's gonna do the take the oath in a steel cage. <laughs> wow. Sounds like some world wrestling <laughs> entertainment shit. I know, man. Yeah, fuck the lights go out. Of course, I mean it's gonna be outdoors, I think. Um but yeah, like uh I don't know. I mean, in some way, like what you said, yeah, like maybe it's it's good if you think about it, you're taking over someone if that someone is so fucked up, right? Yeah. Uh, you taking over might make your job easier, but at the same time if he's so fucked up but yet still has a bunch of people who support him who you are going to have to deal with, it's like taking over a job where you have a team that really likes your predecessor. La. Mm, mm, correct. But, but at the same time, he can change everyone the team. La, as in his direct reports and all that. La. 
I yeah, mean, but I'm talking about the rest of America, dude. Yeah, but I mean, Trump has as many detractors as he does supporters, if not more, lah. So, so, so yeah. you can you can choose which group you want to pander to. I don't think he's he's. I mean, his message is of healing, so hopefully he tries to talk to the the Trump supporters as well, lah. Yeah. So, so I guess I mean looking at the the issue, the the chronology, mm. <laughs> it is a uh, January sixth. There was the riots at Capitol Hill. Yeah. And Donald Trump, yeah, like he did have a a video. He did post on nineteen December that there will be a wild protest on January sixth, mm. uh, which mm. was a a milestone day, like. Yeah. But on after the whole Capitol riots happened, after like five people were pronounced dead directly because of the Capitol riots. Mm. January 8th, Twitter announced that they were going to permanently suspend Donald Trump la, yep. uh, due to the threat of further incitement of violence. Mm. So that was the first social media platform, la, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then Facebook followed and then a whole bunch of companies, more so than I thought uh, before I started reading up about this, including companies like Shopify um, mm. and... Snapchat. What? Snapchat, yeah, yeah. correct. And Twitch. the most recent ah Twitch also. Yeah. I didn't know fucking Donald Trump got Twitch, yeah. I mean he he'll probably take anything at this point, lah. You even like Telegram, Russian messaging app also he'll he'll Yeah, like, Stripe, uh, Stripe, Shopify, TikTok, uh Apple. Mm. So it just feels like oh shit. I mean even Reddit. Um yeah. and it's all part of like uh in some way big tech, lah, right? Mm. Uh, and YouTube was just yesterday. Yeah. So I think since there was the announcement of Trump's Twitter ban, there was a whole bunch of discussions online and a whole bunch of repercussions. Mm. In parallel, there was Parler, which is a, a social media platform that is very conservative, very right-leaning. Yeah. Favoured by, they, the, by right, right, right-leaning, right-wing people. Uh, yeah. yeah, so they didn't get closed down by the owners or something. They got they taken off the Amazon web servers, which is mm. the, the server providers, uh, service server uh, Amazon servers, which a fuck ton of companies in the world are are based on. Basically, if you so basi- if you want your data to be in the internet, you need to have it like stored somewhere, lah, and then you pay Amazon yeah, exactly. to store it, lah, right? Yeah, you yeah. can either have it on servers in your office and all, but Amazon Web Servers, Web Server, AWS has been around for a while, and it is mm. a fucking good service, lah. Yep, yep. Last time my ex company also we migrated to AWS, but mm. Parler was deep. Like they had the AWS servers kind of decommissioned. It's basically taking the foundation out of your house. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. So, I mean, what was what was your thoughts from the time? Because I know you had evolving thoughts, like, right? Mm-hmm. No, initially, I oh. mean the obviously the violence that we saw at the Capitol, uh, all that is no joke, like, like really got people died. Uh the protests and it, it's really it was quite a shock to everyone that that I mean I think that I saw in some news where some even some people call it even domestic terrorist attack. Uh, mm, mm, mm. You know, even though it doesn't have the hallmarks of a terrorist attack, uh, like, uh, you know, like mass shootings or bombs and all that. But there was like threat of violence. There was, a, you know, the, the lawmakers of the country were under threat from a siege from the outside of the building. Uh, mm. what the executive branch of the government seemed to be calling for insurrection against the legislative branch, which is, I mean, that's like civil war already, right? You know? Yeah. So, so I yeah. mean, it's damn serious. So, obviously, at that point of time, I was thinking, yeah, man, wow, this Trump is terrible. Like, he's, I mean, he he probably in history might be regarded as one of the worst presidents ever, whatever the metric is, you know, whether it's mm. when, popularity or votes or, or or just just in general the public polls about him but um 
the more I thought about it over time, I was like, hey, actually, none of what Trump is saying or doing uh, this past week since the Capitol insurrection all that, uh, some of it is not even as bad as stuff that he's tweeted before. Uh, you know, when so you talk about inciting violence and all. So, yeah, I was like, what is is it? Is it only because that now he's actually about to be booted out of office? Is that the reason why suddenly Big Tech has the balls to go and like kick him off the platform and everything? Because stuff he's been saying in recent weeks, uh, in the last week or so, hasn't been as bad as stuff he's said in previous matters with regards to different things like Black Lives Matter and all that. Lah. Yeah. So that means you're saying that uh, the days after the Capitol riot, mm. the stuff he said is not that bad. Lah. But what if he's banned based on what he said leading up to the Capitol riots? Yeah, that that um okay. I mean, he called for people to to be at a protest, right? Be there yeah. and be wild and all that. And I think the last time I spoke about this, that uh, the, the the not to underestimate the threat of uh, assassinations, uh, you know, that could cause Obama, further, right? yeah, to, mm. that could cause further civil unrest like, in the in the country. So uh, I think his subsequent tweet, one of which was a bit foreboding was that you know and his, it was his last tweet la, just ironically it was about him he was for the record he's not attending the inauguration ceremony right yeah it's almost yeah. like saying I mean without any context and all that right and then just based on what his followers have done and what he what his position has been all along it sounds almost like a, uh, an invitation to go and like do something nasty at the, in, at the inauguration la. you know what I mean like I'm not going to be there so yeah just feel free to do some shit lah. Uh, I don't want to say it, but maybe the B word and and all that lah. You know, whether it's bomb or whatever shit lah. So so mm. so just him saying that he's not going to be an inauguration and putting it so firmly down in place is like inviting people to make plans to do stuff lah. That's, huh? that's the context who, Is that your interpretation, or there was more than just you kind of making that interpretation? I mean, that was my interpretation, and then subsequently it was one of the they they removed that tweet lah. Because they, they felt they violated their policies and then they, they, they that was his last tweet and then they banned him. They removed that tweet? I think so, yeah. Huh? Or they, really? they put the they put that that you know they, for uh, <laughs> I think the yeah, last yeah, month yeah. or so there was this always an advisory. Or something. Yeah, there was always an advisory. But I think they specifically pointed out that tweet in the tweet right before it as as uh potential to incite violence. Uh. That's why they, they felt like okay, let's they they said it's okay, there's enough evidence now to take him off the platform. Uh. Huh. Yeah. I mean, so, so that's where. So, are you saying like, like, but what, what were your thoughts about it? Like, uh, you talking because, about like removed uh, a few days removed from everything, or or just in, in the evolution of your thoughts, lah. No, I mean, uh, just continuing from earlier. I do think that, uh, I mean, Trump should probably have been, been like, uh, censured much more seriously for earlier tweets that he he had done and and stuff like that. Whether it's suspension mm. or, or limit limiting his access or, or limiting, I mean, even you can do anything like Basically, if you're in charge of a platform, you can do anything you want to censure him. Limit his tweets to I don't know five a day or some shit like that, like, You know, whatever it is, you can do it because you are the lawmaker, you are the rule maker, you are Mark Zuckerberg. You can do what the hell you want, you know, on Facebook. Um, but they chose not to lah. And Mark Zuckerberg, I believe he, uh, in the specific instance I remember very clearly was when Black Lives Matters protesters were I think they were there was some looting and all that going on and Donald mm. Trump posted something about uh, he, he will not hesitate to call on the National Guard 
when the looting starts, the shooting starts or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and to anyone who reads that, it feels it sounds like a threat, right? Like if you loot, you'll get shot, right? But yeah. I believe the broad interpretation that, that social media uh, platforms like Facebook or Zuckerberg himself chose to take was that when he's what he's saying is that when the looting when looting starts, then those looters will also start shooting people. So that you know so it's not oh, about so the National Guard. Instead of being shot at, instead yeah. of being shot at, they yeah. will do the shooting. Yeah. So the, Donald Trump is warning the world that it's gonna get dangerous, you know? And then that's why he won't hesitate to call the National Guard. So to me, like I was like, whoa, that's like uh I mean, yeah, like, it is an, just another interpretation. Like, mine was an interpretation, but when the looting starts, the shooting starts, I mean, you don't need to add anything else in there, and that sounds like a, th- a direct threat already, right? Mm. This is like, this is like one of the things when you say to your girlfriend or boyfriend, yeah. can go both ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like it's, when you just uh, randomly say randomly say something and then like they, they read it a different way. Oh, so... Uh, so if you yeah, oh, uh, what's the kind of example uh? what's a good example you're, you're like let's say uh, you mean uh, those kind of ambiguous things to say to a partner oh yeah yeah let's say, let's say you say oh yeah yeah this 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 Scarlett Johansson is very pretty and it's like oh is it I'm not pretty is it so I'm not pretty oh yeah, like, la, yeah, yeah, la. yeah that kind of thing la. if not A <laughs> then must be B la, right so yeah. so uh, Terence's wife uh, Terence <laughs> thinks Scarlett Johansson is pretty yeah what's an example uh, I leave you to follow up online offline yeah, I think she will I think she will agree but anyway <laughs> The, the, my point was that no. yeah, it's, it's basically Facebook took a very narrow uh, interpretation of what he said and they said oh yeah that's not inciting violence to me that was way more explicit in terms of inciting, so, inciting so, violence so this is the this is the tricky thing right I mean from the time that it was announced uh, it, uh, it didn't sit well with me la, that, that he was banned um, because it's obvious so you know you were saying like why is it now only I think it's because whatever policies these fucking big tech makes, right? And I, I will say I'm biased, like even though our careers have been built on on a lot of these big tech companies. Thank you, YouTube. Thank you, Facebook. Um, mm. but um, fuck them, lah. Mm. <laughs> because I mean, like, okay, so I, th- I think whatever happens now, whatever policy changes that we all see, it is not black and white because there are so many other factors, lah. I think what mm. you said right just now about the question you asked, I think. It is on. It is mainly because they know Trump is leaving office. Yeah. That's why they are doing the ban now. Yeah. You know the stuff they said previously. You think about it. If you're a company that big, uh, that ultimately, even though you have a global footprint, you depend on a lot of U.S. policies, the U.S. economy to keep your business alive. Mm. During the term of a president's uh, presidency, would you do something that would fucking piss him off or alienate a bunch of, of his supporters yeah. which could ultimately lead you to being fucked. Like. I mean, Donald Trump sing, almost single-handedly threatened the ban of TikTok, yeah. right? Granted, TikTok was... I mean, by then, TikTok was a US company or something. There was some politics there. Like. So I think now, it's almost like, you know, when you know your colleague is leaving, then you talk shit. Like. Yeah, You're like, ah, yeah, that guy's correct. a fucker. Like. You know, that piece of shit. You know, fuck. Because you know he's going to go out. Like. Yeah. Because, like what you said, right? I mean, I was reading up and the, the companies, eh, it, it's, ve- it's a very fine line. For the longest time, these companies have always taken the I am just a platform stance. Mm. You know, I don't want to edit, con- I don't want to curate content because then you become an editorial. Mm. Um, I think the first time there was enough pushback for Twitter to, to take uh, some sort of accountability was when they banned ISIS. Mm. You know, when ISIS was, I think that was in 2012, 2013 when they were posting images of beheadings and all. Yep. And for that, Twitter 
they couldn't just sit back. Mm. Um, and the moment they fucking got involved, right, it blurred the lines. Mm. Um, and I think the thing about these companies that all grew up together, they're almost like siblings. Like if one does something, the others are going to have to follow because they're all in the same industry of competing for our fucking attention, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I think Spotify has been very smart to not have comments. Mm. I think that's a very conscious thing to not have comments on their platform mm. because they've realized the issues that when you invite people to create content, right, it's, it's fucked. And I mean, the, there was one example that I found which fucking I didn't even know. Like, have you heard of the company Cloudfare? No, I haven't. So Cloudfair is one of those companies that you probably, like most people will never hear of because they're not consumer facing. Mm. I only heard about it because last time I think when I was talking to my friends, some friend of ours who's a savvy stock investor, he said, dude, this company Cloudfair is the bomb. I was like, what the fuck is that? It's a company that provides um, sort of um, cloud services that and where they they host companies and they provide uh, protection against cyber attacks and all that. Mm. So apparently um, in so they've been around for a while. They're a fucking big company, like very, very profitable. Uh, but apparently in 2017, they finally uh, caved to public pressure to take off some neo-Nazi sites off its servers. I see, I see. Um, and, and the CEO publicly kind of, he did say he was reluctant to make value judgments, which is essentially uh, exerting editorial control. Mm. right? And then they cut ties with the site 8chan. Um, and then they cut ties with a few other very right-leaning websites. But then when the BLM protest happened, right, this was last year, they publicly, uh, very vocally said, you know, they will host all uh, activist uh, protection from cyber attacks. Mm. So in that sense, right, because if you talk about inciting violence, right, I think that's where it gets a bit blur. Like if someone is protesting maybe a very left-leaning cause and inciting violence, even though indirectly on Twitter would, these companies still do the same. I and guess, that's where... So you're asking about whether... I mean, you're disputing whether Trump was really inciting violence with his tweets. Oh, no, no, no. I think, so I think his tweets... Um, so this is where... Like, I don't know what the fuck the solution is. Um, I would say he was inciting violence. Uh, and I think with regards to the capital riots, yeah, like, the companies like Facebook, Twitter, they are private companies after all. Uh, I think whether or not they have seeped into our lives to the point where fucking we cannot live without them is a whole different thing. They are private companies. They have the right to do that. But I'm fucking scared by the by the influence they have. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the reason why I was bringing up all that is I think there there's no there's no clear solution. Uh, mm. It's a fucking gray area. And every time I think about it, I don't know what the fuck to think. La. I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't think any one of us is in particular is going to have a perfect solution for Facebook. La. But I think the like what you said, the important thing to note is that you cannot let Facebook just get away scot-free even though they're a public company and everything. Uh, they're they, 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 yeah, a private mean, they're, company. They're a company that is pro- mostly motivated by profit and nothing else, la, right? Because that's, yeah. that's the lazy uh, argument that you'll see on Facebook. Oh, yeah, they are just a private company. Why should they care? Is that up to their decision? Why should anyone care? You know, it's 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 a it's a very different thing. Uh. They they do like for example, Facebook has has uh, benefited from uh, certain regulatory stances that have been taken against uh, for or against it, and all these yeah. are you know a lot. There's a lot of lobbying. There's a lot of money involved. Literally, Facebook has like um, you know they hired departments of people who are supposed to be looking to this kind of thing. So I mean, we we know of of instances in. 
uh, maybe not in America, but in Asian countries, for example, like like uh, when they feel like oh, there's a there's a risk of violence because of something a general in Asia in this Asian country posted something like that, they won't hesitate mm. to take down that 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 whole page. Uh. they won't hesitate to like just you know remove that that whole general from Facebook and everything like that lah. So yeah. uh, we we know of instances like that. In fact, we know of people who work in in these departments and actually do this kind of work day to day like like analyze content and see whether it's you know it's as a threat for ins- uh, instigating violence and and I think they probably have quite robust algorithms like they help them to see through comments and things like that to see whether a particular comment is is starting to cause people to to use certain words like you know let's let's rock the capital or something like that like you know what I mean yeah, I mean, yeah. if the AI, if Carousel has an AI to to catch people who are selling Li Xianlong, I'm sure Facebook has the money to create AI to 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 look into this kind of, of words. Hey, but the Carousel AI took one month. <laughs> uh. Very very lazy AI yeah. uh. took Facebook, one month. Facebook got more money. Facebook got more money. <laughs> but my, my my point is that like you can't just let them off the hook like that like, because they have because of uh you know a lot of things that have been accorded to to I mean Facebook is a very uh, it's a very powerful product and, and yeah, it has, has helped us connect with people in ways that we couldn't imagine before. La. But yeah. uh, they've also been given a lot of leeway with uh, regulation and, and because regulators also don't know how to deal with them yet and stuff like that, la, right? Um, yeah. And, and, and yeah, they've been come, it has come through that they have been manipulated by, you know, uh, foreign influence to manipulate their own elections in their own country. They, you know, they, they also... When when they do things, it can be very scary. Uh. they leave a very very big footprint, much bigger than you than you can imagine. Uh. so so yeah. so don't you can't just let them off the hook as well. When when they they make seemingly very arbitrary decisions about about uh what's right, and what's wrong, and and I think there was a bit of self awareness in Jack Dorsey as well. Uh. You know, I think on Wednesday yeah. he himself yeah. said that banning Trump uh is is ultimately a failure of big tech or tech companies to to foster meaningful and good conversation. Uh, right. So yeah. as much as yeah lah, you can say that he just sits in his ivory tower. That at least that that statement to me shows that uh, there is some reflection of the, of big tech's role in this whole thing. Uh, whereas whenever Zuckerberg 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 Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, <laughs> Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, I was, I Zuckerberg talks, it feels like an AI telling you like, oh, you know, this is the algorithm, and we we don't want to have make any value judgments and all that nonsense, lah, You know, there's this lack of self awareness of how how powerful Facebook and social media platforms can be. Uh, yeah, so that's why I think for me, the main takeaway is uh, almost like a realization for all of us. Because, mm. I mean, if you think about it, like if you went back 10, 15 years ago to um, the time when Jack Dorsey, uh, the fucking, what, I can't remember the founder of YouTube, but Mark Zuckerberg was starting their social networks. Yeah. Uh, and you ask them, what would 15 years look like? No matter how smart they are, right? I, yeah. I do feel it would be fucking hard to predict. Mm. So I don't envy the position in whether or not they, they are responsible for creating this monster. I mean, they are to a certain extent, but right now, because the solution, like, how, like, it's so gray, I think the biggest realization is for everyone to realize that while we can celebrate that Trump is no longer on the platform, it's, it, we also need to realize that, holy shit, these tech companies are fucking powerful. Yeah. Like, fucking powerful. If you think about it, I think Kelvin Chang's point, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, we are quoting Kelvin Chang, man. Mm. He did point out that the, the Facebooks and YouTubes are so integral to the comms of companies and governments, right? If mm. they decide to change something, 
they can literally fuck up an entire country. I mean, we have felt it on a micro level when YouTube changes an algorithm or Facebook changes an algorithm and suddenly our videos don't reach our fans and all, right? But yeah. you imagine on a government level where now we are live streaming parliament, uh, there's the comms for COVID, a lot of it was done online. Uh, Lee Sien Lung live streams his own speeches and all that. If fucking these big tech tries to, uh, wants to do a change or some sort, we are all fucked. No? So I think it's a, it's a wake up call for people, for companies, for institutions to realize that, holy shit, if we put our comms in the hands of these companies, right? Uh, yeah, it can be good now, but, but at one turn, right? Um, yeah, like, they can do a lot of things. Like. Yeah, yeah. And that, that is what, that is what is fucking scary. Like. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, to, to quote Lo Tia Kiang, I mean, the time he was, I think in parliament, he was, he was saying, like, when he, when he was commenting on, uh, making a statement about POFMA and the use of POFMA and everything, it's like, yeah, like, we can, if really we're so scared of what Facebook is, is, uh, is doing and everything, and that, that we have to enact laws like POFMA or that, just, you know, just ban Facebook, like, you know, just ban it entirely. But at the same time, Lee Hsien Loong will lose his one million followers. La. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the dilemma politicians see. I mean, he's really pointing out, and it's not just Lee Hsien Loong, every politician knows. Or so yeah, it's fucking true, man. It's so important to use social media to reach out to your to your base and everything. So yeah. so everyone, of course, yeah, la, you can call for a ban on Facebook, but at the end of the day, you also lose a lot of uh, goodwill yourself, la, right? Yeah, this one, can you imagine if there was no social media? The only people who will watch PM Lee's addresses are the same people who will watch Kin. That will be which his is, target demographic on is, TV. La. I mean, I'm guessing the the older demographic oh, okay, or maybe okay. the younger demographic yep, whose yep, parents yep. just don't want to expose them to the internet, just watch TV. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I watch all the streams online. Now, I think Bayam King, he fucking posts a lot on Instagram. No? What was it? Now, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, there's so much on social media. So, so yeah, it is, maybe it's something that every government needs to start building up a presence of some sort that is outside of all these fucking uh, platforms. Yeah. Because, there's this one podcast I listen to which is fucking interesting. It's uh, by Joe Rogan with Tristan Harris. Oh, okay. So Tristan Harris is called uh, in, in in air quotes called like the conscience of Silicon Valley. La. So his history, if I could, if I remember correctly, he had a startup that was acquired by Google, and within Google, he was a big advocate for their moral obligation to protect knowledge and make sure that they they live by their principle of do no evil. La. So since mm. then, he's left uh, and he's got a. Um, uh, I think a non-profit that advocates for, okay, some sort of regulation for, for social media. And he was one of the people in the Netflix show Social Dilemma. Mm. So he talked about how, I mean, it's super interesting because he he has an insider's perspective of the thought uh, within big tech and also the future and how um, the, it really requires everyone to also realize, oh, fuck. And, and once people move away from these platforms, if they do, that's when it can result in change. I mean, the short-term effect of all these deep banning of Trump is the stock prices of all the social media giants have dipped a bit over the past few days, mm, right? Mm. But he brought up one example which freaked the fuck out of me. Like, have you heard of this thing called Facebook Basics? No. Free free Basics, Free Basics. No. So this is something they offer to countries like India uh, and Myanmar where they would partner up with a telco and they would um, issue like any if you get a feature phone or some basic smartphone in any of those countries mm. you get Facebook installed by default oh, and you can't uninstall it okay Um, and what they did was they allowed you to access Facebook for free but if you wanted to access the rest of the internet um, you have to pay data okay so in some way 
you can I know Facebook um, Zuckerberg's goal is to connect the world through social media and shit like that mm. but in countries like that it actually had fucking dire repercussions because um, in it became like the main communication channel or source of news for a lot of people in those countries mm. and I think there were direct correlations with the lynching of Hindus in India who um, basically sometimes you know like in Hindu uh, uh, Hindu religion cows are sacred right yeah. so there would be pictures circulated of Muslims who maybe slaughtered cows for consumption and they would get lynched like these mobs would go after them and mm. in Myanmar there was a big um, uh, correlation with like how new fake news about Rohingya Muslims spread on Facebook and the thing is for Facebook for them I think it is a commercial company they have a financial bottom line and the fact that they would do stuff like that in other countries which we don't hear about because yeah like, it's not in our mainstream consciousness right it's fucking scary because Everyone's competing with each other. As much as it's the big tech, uh, within big tech, they are all competing for our attention. La. And it's fucking scary about how they have done or behaved in the past. And I think, yeah, we've spoken about the big tech to a certain extent in a previous podcast, right? Yep, yep. And I think when you and I talk to our friends in Singapore uh, or abroad, we do often hear, yeah, then you, you go over. You complain so much, you still use Google Maps, you still mm. use Facebook, your business is built on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, you know, all we're saying is just just be maybe aware. Yeah, be more aware. La. And and so like, I mean, it bleeds into things like this WhatsApp, you know, this mass migration of, from WhatsApp to other places. I think uh, it clearly shows that a lot of people, regardless of whatever assurances they're getting from WhatsApp, they don't uh, they don't believe WhatsApp's assurances because WhatsApp is owned by Facebook, la, right? Yeah. So yeah, a lot of exactly. people are like, fuck it, I'm just like moving entirely to like Signal or Telegram, even though it... The there's I mean apparently WhatsApp has been doing whatever it's been doing all along. It's just that now they have to actually inform you and get your consent, lah. <laughs> yeah, <this, laughs> yeah. And then I followed today like Telegram is a Russian company. And then I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Is there any threat there? But fuck it. I think I mean uh, I know we have spoken about shifting some of our groups to this platform, and I want to man. Okay, family is going to be damn hard to fucking move yeah. from WhatsApp, but. It's just something about that whole sphere which is very unsettling. And I think we've seen maybe a bit closer to the front row because our 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 careers uh, revolve around this. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but for people who use Facebook, maybe recreationally or to get their news, to them it's like, oh, okay. But, whoo, man, the, the future, man, is, yeah. is worrying. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a... I mean, so where do you think Trump will turn up next? <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, oh no, TikTok he cannot ban also. We chat, right? Oh, he banned. I bet, I bet, I bet China is probably laughing their ass off because you know last time when they wanted to ban social media, yeah. people were like, oh, you know, you're fucking, you're preventing your citizens from gaining a global perspective yeah. and all that. And now they're like, ah, fucking losers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look so, at your, look at the world burn, man. So actually, yeah, why wouldn't China want to host Donald Trump's, uh, social media then? I tell you, Pornhub lah. Porn, Pornhub <laughs> or OnlyFans. OnlyFans. Dude, Donald Trump will probably start an OnlyFans account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, well, really, he'll be, that you might think be about the biggest it, OnlyFans account. <laughs> yeah, you think about any platform he goes to now, which is maybe trying to compete with the big tech, which is not maybe that big tech, maybe they're medium tech. Fucking, yeah. it will blow up, man. Yeah. I think um, there was this one social network that was used by the the shooters of a shooting, I think in 2016, called GAD or something, or GAD. And they've seen an uptick in users because Parler is now uh, the platform. Mm. Um, and I know fucking uh, Trump got like a few hundred thousand subscribers on his YouTube channel when he was banned from Facebook and Twitter. 
Oh. So it's almost like fucking Donald Trump is like, you know, in the football world, you got a, f- like if Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo becomes a free agent, right? Yeah. Every fucking club is on his ass trying to get him in. Yeah. Trump is like that. Trump is a free agent in the social media world, man. He's like whack and mole. <laughs> yeah, whatever platform gets him, right? Holy shit, man. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy, man. Holy shit. He's yeah. a free, so Donald Trump's like the world's most... Uh, I mean, he's a free agent now la, in the social media yeah. space. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there are some maybe more conservative v- uh, VCs or angel investors or people with a shit ton of money who are telling Trump to maybe start his own social network. Can you imagine? He starts his own mm. fucking social network yeah. with his own servers. Yeah. Trump, then what do we do? Trump media. Uh, Trump, Trump book. Trump book. <laughs> yeah, Trumper. Just Trumper. Yeah. Take away, Trumper. The, take, away the, shit, take away the, what do you call the it? E. Uh, the, the U. E. The U and the ER and the E la. so it's like T R and PR. Like a real Trumper, startup. Uh. Yeah. Trumper. Trumper. Interesting. Uh. Yeah, man. But it'll be interesting to hear what, what our listeners think. Uh. Because yeah. this one, I mean, yeah, it can be super polarizing. I know we have uh, seen on our own Facebook or WhatsApp chats people arguing uh, about the Facebook ban for and against, which has mm. been interesting. Mm. Yeah, just yeah, let yeah, us man. know if you're uh, if you're one of those who are jumping to Telegram or Signal, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, some of the arguments are have been quite quite uh, interesting both ways, lah. We we haven't talked about it yet because we felt like let's wait for the dust to settle and see where where things end up, lah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I guess the second topic also very related to social media, lah. Yes, also about uh censorship and 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 you know deplatforming and all that kind of thing. What is yeah? It do exactly? you want? Do you oh, want to do the honors or do you not do you not have a fucking screen in front no, of I you? Don't, yeah, I don't have a screen in front of me. Basket. Well, yeah. Now you think you father you can multitask without any info in front of you. Uh? Or you just depend on me. See? No. This is this is the issue. Like like if a government depends on all the social media platforms, the social media platform says, Oh, you know what? Fuck you, you're screwed. So now if I if I'm like, you know, Terrence, I don't have the info in front of me. Then how? Then I will I will go from memory like, and then it will be as engaging as it was. Ah, just, fuck off again! Like, no, in the last nope. podcast <laughs> when I was talking about Australian Open or so. Nope. Which Thank a lot God of people I had the screen in front which, of me. Which a lot of people are very excited about actually. They they were quite the comments are all very glowingly about see? about it. Yeah. See, see now you live on other people's validation. You're going down a spiral, no, Terence. That's social media, man. Social media. But speaking of social media, yes, the second topic is about the the viral star who became like fucking a global phenomenon last year called Uncle Roger. Mm. So right. he's a he's a Malaysian stand-up comedian who's been based in UK for the past few years, uh, doing his rounds as a stand-up comedian, trying to make it big. Uh, and last year, he uploaded one video where one of his characters called Uncle Roger, which is like a... Like a like an old Malaysian uncle. La. So he mm. speaks in that, that very Manglish slash Singlishy kind of, kind of tone. Uh, he made a video criticizing a BBC chef for kind of cooking rice in a very un-Asian kind of way. Eh? Yep. And that fucking blew up. I think it was around April last year. And he went from like, I don't know, uh, 80,000 subscribers or like not not a significant number to now he has 3 million plus. Holy shit. Because since then, he's been doing a lot of reaction videos where he plays Uncle Roger and watches some cooking tutorial by... Um, chefs relating to Asian food line. I think now he's moved up to the ranks of watching Gordon Ramsay videos, Jamie Oliver videos, and making these re- reaction videos that even Gordon Ramsay himself comments on. Mm, mm. Um, so his his name is yeah Nigel Ng. He has a podcast, and I think yeah he's he's had a very very successful year in the world of social media, like, and he's yep. world famous now. Like. Yep, yep. So, but 
Uh, and he recently did a collaboration with another YouTuber uh, whose name is Mike Chen. Mm. Uh, and his channel is called Strictly Dumpling. Like, have you heard of that channel before? No, never. I've, I've, I've seen it because I think he's come to Singapore. He basically travels and reviews food and oh, all really? that. Like. Okay. Um, and he's been doing this for a while. Uh, he's based in the US. Um, and he because his YouTube channel is called Strictly Dumpling, they made a video where they were watching how people make dumplings. Lah. And Uncle Roger was passing comments and they were reacting to it together. And I think it came out earlier this week. And then a few days later, quite soon after, uh, the video was deleted mm. off Uncle Roger's channel. Mm. And then there was a public apology posted by Nigel Ng on his Weipo account. Because he has like 120,000 followers on Weipo, which is the social media in uh, social social media platform in China. Yep. Kind of apologizing that um, he wasn't aware of Mr. Chen's political thoughts uh, and he apologized for kind of causing any any offense or anything to his Chinese fans like because turns out that Mr. Chen uh, is a very vocal critic of China's treatment of like the uh, uh, with regards to human re- human rights issues uh, mm-hmm. like the Uyghurs in Xinjiang yep. and all that so he's been very vocal so, so I mean this was a clear case of uh, a content creator kind of pulling down content that may have offended some of his fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Actually, the video they created together had no mention of China or the policies or anything. Yeah, like. that's what I wanted to point out, that the video was had zero relation with politics. Huh? It was entirely about food, nothing else. Yeah, it was just watching people videos of people making dumplings and commenting. Huh? Yeah, yeah, correct. So, I only chanced upon this article on coconuts.com which mm. is one of my websites I go for research. But then if you Google, there's a lot of fucking articles, even BBC, man. Yeah, South China Morning Post also talked about it, everything. Yeah. So so what were your thoughts when you when you saw this? Uh, uh I mean, uh, yeah, it was just, I, I think the, the context also is that this Mike Chen is more than just a critic also. He's, I think he's a member of uh, the Falun, Falun, Kong. Falun Kong cult, right? Mm. Yeah. The, the one that, uh, if you travel around the US and you see a big groups of Chinese people protesting in front of some embassy or something. More often than not, it's um, by by members of the Falun Gong, uh, the Falun Gong group lah, uh, practitioners and everything. They 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 hold a lot of mass rallies and things like that in protest of China's treatment of of their followers lah. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just with that context, then you understand. Okay, this guy is really. I mean, he's not. Uh, it's not like he 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 he. He's a you know he critiques China all the time or anything. Like that. It's just that, I mean, his he himself as a person is uh, part of a group that is um, uh, under a lot of scrutiny and and and, and a lot of um, under a lot of what do you call it? Uh, oppression in China, like, Right. So, mm-hmm. so definitely, you know, you you can imagine what his views are. So regardless of what he says, even though he doesn't say anything in his videos. I think uh, generally China probably looks at him with a very uh, very wary eye, la, suspicious eye. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I guess just maybe like just stepping away from like whether the morally it's it's right or wrong or anything like that. The one thing I just felt like um, that I felt a bit disturbed by was that this Nigel Ng basically took down the video without also uh, just it seemed like there was no consultation of, of Mike Chen's Side of things lah. If, mm. if you if you, uh based on what I'm reading, uh it seems mm. like Mike Chen himself was caught off guard by by the whole thing, and uh yeah it's just a, 
in from creator to creator, I think it's always it's always a. Um, I mean, if you're gonna do something because it's because of because of business or because of fear of repercussion or anything like that, I think the the very basic you should do is inform the other creative people who are involved in it, lah. As evidenced yeah. by the recent, you know, when Warner Brothers decided to that all their movies from going forward for this year are going to stream on HBO Max as well. I think a lot of like mm. filmmakers got really upset because they weren't really consulted on that decision either. So on a smaller basis, even YouTubers and all, when you do collabs and stuff like that, we you, you kind of want to know if something that you worked on and put creative effort into is taken down for whatever reason, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's 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 one thing that I felt. Oh, it's quite disappointing if if this Nigel Ng didn't didn't communicate that to Mike Chen Because at the end of the day, you're dealing with a human being and and all uh, Regardless of you know the the geopolitical situation and everything like that. So so just on that basis, I felt like eh, this is a bit immature of of him lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I was trying to look at responses from Nigel Ng, but there isn't much, no. Mm. Um. I don't know whether it's only more on the China platforms because he he removed the video one day um after he posted and now he's reached a point where he posts a video overnight can get a few million views lah. Yeah, yeah. So so and there were already people reacting in China saying that oh you know how can they're disappointed that Nigel collaborated with uh Mike Chen uh, on this so. So this is where, I mean, okay, the reality is making it in media is fucking hard, right? Mm. Uh, you want to make it as a content creator? Of course, you see this astronomical wealth by people like Logan Paul and all that. And I think people get swayed by how difficult it is to make it as a content creator. And part of making it as a content creator is being known to people, uh, being having the clout to kind of talk to people or brands or networks who might want to give you a budget to make your content and that's generally how media personalities grow uh, and and become successful and start earning. Yep. Um, thankfully, we've also gone down the path of starting No One Knew Us and 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 built a, a brand. Um, so, I think for the reality is, yeah, peop- like creators who just want to make art for themselves and all that, yeah, you kind of have to accept it that, okay, it might not be the most commercially viable and I think the beautiful, the 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 sweet spot is making something that is in line with your artistic taste and the commercial side of things. So I, I say that context because for Nigel Ng, I think he knows the impact it would definitely have over his, I don't know, potential gigs. Given that his anchor is, uh, his character is anchored in in an in an Asian personality, mm. it is it is a, I think it's more uh, definitely a commercial thing as opposed to his own beliefs. Yeah. Uh, and that's where... I mean, uh, I would say, oh, I, I, I wish he didn't do that, but he did that. Okay lah, that's, that's okay lah. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't say, like, are you, are you outraged or something? Because some people on Twitter are like, oh, you know, this guy is, no, you know, like he's pandering and all that. No, are, no, you, I mean, are you outraged? I feel like, um, you know, as all type of creators and all that, at some point you also carry out. You do have to do some reality checks, right? Of course, there are certain topics or certain no-go areas that everyone uh, we're all aware of, right? And yeah. we choose not to to do topics about that. So, I guess in his case, if he was really so sensitive about this issue, I and he was, and if he's really aware of his reach in China and everything, then I guess he should have done a little bit more research, you know, beforehand. Um, yeah. Okay, so maybe he didn't. Then after that, it's just the way he handled it where it seemed like he didn't even inform 
the other person about the reason why it was taken down or anything like that and just put up an apology and, and so so it seemed like he was more concerned with the commercial side of things than than about the hu- just, just the human side of things of just like you know um, just talking to the other creator understanding his position and stuff like that law. So so that's why I think Mike mm. Mike Chen also came out and said that you know yeah uh, Nigel Nigel probably needs to educate himself more on what's going on in China and stuff like that, and uh, yeah maybe it, I I think what what all he's just saying is that you should take a I mean he should, should have just spoken to him also and just un- try to better understand why you know the the situation that he uh, Mike Chen's in the situation he's in and things like that lah. Yeah, um, yeah. So so I mean I I can't I can't. I don't want to stand on a high horse and say that like yeah oh this Nigel Ng is like pandering and everything but but it's just it's just quite disappointing that he would he would yeah lah, he would um, react like this lah. because I mean even if you read his post I mean he says okay to Uncle Roger fans and audience and this was specifically to his Chinese audience lah, because he posted it on Weibo. Uh, he said, thank you for the continued support. I posted a collab blah blah. It has come to my understanding that this video has made a bad social impact. Yeah. So my staff and I would like to express our sincerest apologies to everyone considering the seriousness of this issue and the negative impact of the video itself. We discussed internally and decided to take it down from all platforms. At the same time, I urge everyone to please stop reposting content related to it. Um, during the process of working with the content creator, I wasn't aware of his political thoughts and his past incorrect remarks about China. Mm. This is my negligence and I'll be more careful when I make content in future. As an Asian who grew up in Malaysia, I love Chinese culture, which is why I started my channel. Moving forward, I want to keep making even better videos to entertain you. Mm. I hope you can give Uncle Roger a chance who just entered China. Mm. So, I mean, reading this, I'm like, okay, he's... I don't know whether Mike Chen has quantifiably and factually made incorrect remarks in China. Mm. Um, but this way I felt like okay so when I read that it really does seem like it is targeted towards the Chinese audience uh, you know he he says uh, he had uh, bad he, social me, impact yeah he threw the he threw his his fellow creator under the yeah, bus yeah yeah so I mean what well, reading that reading that is a bit like uh, if you yeah I, I feel like mm. if I was the receiving end of that I'd be really upset because like, the video had nothing to do with politics at all right yeah. it was like why would they have a bad social media? So you're saying that just because of a person, that's why there's a bad social impact. Like, what? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, like, on a high level, yeah, like, I think we were just, I was on a, I was like, okay, you know, he did what he, but after reading that, I'm like, hmm, I could, maybe this is his first, maybe it's a, it's a baptism of fire to realize the impact and the reach he has and the fact that when you collaborate with someone like a content creator, especially in the social media world, you're not just collaborating on one video, you're ultimately collaborating with everything about this guy. Like, mm. if we did a video with d now, mm. right, um, mm. and people get fucking pissed off, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame, blame them because in some way, yeah, like, we do it with, D- I mean, yeah, that would be a very tricky thing to navigate. Uh, yeah. I always do want to always be motivated by creating good content, but to a certain extent, it's like you marry someone, you're not just marrying that person, you're marrying everything about him or her, like. But you're not marrying. So a, you're not marrying Dikosh when you do a collab with him. I mean, we to, for transparency, we have done a collab with Dikosh yeah, yeah, years yeah, ago yeah. and everything, like, Right. So yeah, uh, you, you're talking about why you would choose not to do a, a I mean, collab now. No, like. no, I'm not saying I'm not. No, no, I'm not saying I won't choose not. Don't, don't jump to conclusions. I'm saying if you collaborate with someone, yeah, you need to understand who you're collaborating with, and if you um are aware, then whatever happens, if you choose to stand by it, that's up to you. Yeah. Like even now, like collaborating with anyone, I would never rule it out. I yeah. would never rule it out because there are many ways to create a piece of content that can still be 
uh, in line with what we want to do creatively, in line with our values and principles, mm. and in line with a way that we feel generally sticks by our goal to entertain people while also making people think. Mm. So don't put words in my mouth. I never said I would never not not uh, collaborate. I'm just saying collaborations are are not just like a, a one-off video, man. Yeah. So this is where. Yeah, like, and if you go to Nigel Long's Twitter or Facebook, I can't see anything about about this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's hoping that it just it just dies down quietly, lah. Yeah. He, so he leaves it on his mm. Weibo. He leaves the apology only on his Weibo. I, mean, I don't think he put an apology elsewhere. Probably just on Weibo only, lah. Yeah. yeah. Even on his, uh, what you might call it, Instagram. There's nothing. Yeah. Maybe he'll talk about it in a future pod- podcast because he has a podcast also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, I just found it. You know, I mean, he, he's a lot of his comedy is about the caricature of the, of a you know a hapless Chinese uncle, uh, mm. you know, speaking kind of like uh, Chinese English like, right, and and yeah, and making very funny uh comments about it all that. I mean, I mean, mm. it's just it's just ironic to me that he talks about he talks about bad social impact and all that kind of stuff, but uh. But yeah, like, like, like also some people can also argue, oh, that kind of comedy is like so, it's so it's so old, it's so passe, it's like making fun of the Chinese accent and stuff like that. Also, um, yeah, like, I mean, so so for him to like take this moral high ground and like call you know, call out someone else for making a bad social impact and stuff like that is like what? Yeah, yeah, it's so, just a lack of self awareness also, lah. So. So yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see how it unfolds. If there's anything that happens, uh, or if he comes out and says anything, or he addresses it in his own podcast, which would be cool. Yeah, uh, I know he recently did a podcast with uh Ginny Boy from Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So. But actually, do you so find we, this is the the, the Friday's video very funny when you first watched no. it? Do you find it very funny? No, there were certain parts where I remember laughing, uh. but apart from that, it was I was like, mm, it, it kind of reminds me like a UK version of Mr. Brown lah. UK version of Mr. You know, Brown. What's you that know mean? the Kim Kim Wat, the Kim Wat, the oh, Kim Wat character. Oh, it's caricature lah. Yeah, caricature. And like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Mm, did you find it funny? Mm, I mean, I found it funny in a very passe kind of way lah. And, and like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, yeah lah, it's a just funny caricature of a Chinese uncle and all that kind of thing. But it's the kind of, but is it maybe because he's Chinese and all that, he gets away with it. But I just don't find it like, you know, particularly interesting kind of of, of funny lah. You know, yeah. So I guess I guess that's where yeah. Like for me, it's like Chen Hao's videos lah. Do I am I the biggest fan of Chen Hao? I'm like uh, no, but okay, he makes it sure. Uh, Why not? But when it when he kind of make takes a moral stance on things, that's where I feel like mm, mm. really. Then it's open. Then it's free. I mean, any public uh, public uh, personality, yeah, like, you have to be open to criticism and all that. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're huge lah. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, we sound like fucking comedy snobs and everything right now, lah. It's just, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, it's I, preference. It's just not my kind of thing, lah. You know, like not yeah, the kind not of thing. Kind that, of, like, I saw it blowing up on social media. Thing, I saw like three seconds of it. I was like, okay, not my thing. It's not my thing, ah. But yeah. you, but I mean, for anyone who thinks we are comedy snobs, I mean, Terence also has very low standards for a lot of things. Like he likes crazy rich Asians and all that shit. So he's definitely not a snob. Yeah, see, he's just, see, he just has racist. preference. Yeah, Harish he is just racist. has preference. Hey, like, fuck you. Asian, okay, why am I racist? First Asian with the go open, go opening and everything, and he just shits on it like, like it's the worst thing ever. 
Just cause it's Asian people. <laughs> just cause it's Chinese people inside. Eh, no, no. See, Harish this is where crazy you rich are. Asians cause no, it's this, got Chinese the, people inside. Eh, fuck you. Okay, I hate it because it's a shitty movie. Okay, I love things with Chinese people. Okay, I love things with Chinese people. Let me say it. I love things with Chinese people. If you're Chinese uh, and listening to this and you're in something, I will give it a chance. But if it's a <laughs> shitty product or shitty movie, I will shit on it. Yeah, Harish hates, yeah. Harish hates Crazy Rich Asians. Of I hate color, Crazy Rich Asians, the, the movie, the, the okay? Skin. No, don't don't leave out that important word, okay? If you just post Harish Rich, uh, hates Crazy Rich Asians, it makes me sound like, uh, what, uh, anti-wealth, 99% racist person. Yeah, yeah. Piece of shit. I hate the movie. <laughs> Maybe the book is great. I hate the movie. Fucking hate the movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you for the <laughs> clarification. <laughs> You're welcome. But yeah lah, yeah lah. We're, we're, yeah. we're not, we're not, we're not comedy snobs lah. We like, we like our physical humor and stuff like that. It's just that, that, that I mean, particular style of humor, I, I find it very passe lah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, so what is uh what is going on to a much more light-hearted segment? Our yes. one shock thing. The one shock thing. What is what your is, one shock yeah, thing well, of the week? Or of this, of this few days, la, actually. My one shock thing is the fact that uh midweek, I think on January 13th, Menu beat Burnley 1-0 and they went top of the Premier League oh. by three points. Yeah. I cannot believe it. <laughs> so this is your, your I know I know I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. So now I'm a fan again and I'm gonna say how much I love Menu and Ole Gunnar Soldier and correct. watch all their matches, right? Correct, correct. <laughs> I might. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is what we call the fair weather fan. Uh. The definition of the fair, fair weather, weather fan. fan. <laughs> hey, fuck you lah. Okay, I didn't jump ship, okay? I just took a, a leave of absence. A long hiatus. A long hiatus. Yeah, hiatus. But suddenly you you're like, yeah, I don't really follow football anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't really into football anymore. Yeah, like if you ask me the first 11, I have no fucking idea lah. <laughs> I know got Bruno Fernandes, I know got Paul Pogba, Anthony Martial, Rashford, if you all see Harish walking around wearing menu jersey in the streets lah. <laughs> I'm not trying to incite violence or what lah, but you know, just go and just go boo in his face ah. That's not no, violence. Right? That's just like, come up. Yeah. See, <laughs> see, I won't know. I won't be a Terence. Uh, you know, if you see Terence in real life, you know, just say hi, ask him how he is. Yeah. You know, and just have a cordial fist pump and move on. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, but so to what be, is, to, what be is your? to be fair, I mean, I also. Uh, I mean, more recent years, I've been rooting more for Manchester United. Like, I actually bother to watch some of the matches and stuff like that. Because they're the underdog now. Because they, they are the underdog. Yeah, and then, and they are the underdogs. <laughs> and they, I mean, there's a lot of drama in the team. La, and then it was, you yeah. know, when the coaching changes and everything, it was actually quite, uh, I mean, interesting to see like, how like a novice coach like Ole Gunnar Socia would take would handle someone like Paul Pogba yeah, and everything. Yeah, it's still yeah. ongoing. Like, every day there's still a lot of reports of you know unrest here and there and, and like fielding new young players and things like that. So, so it's... Yeah, but... I'm always interested in that. Gotta give him credit, man. Yeah, gotta yeah, yeah. give him credit, man. At no point since Ferguson uh, has Manu ever been first, no? Mm, correct, correct. At no point. Yeah. yeah. Fucks, yeah. So Holy even with Mourinho, shit. even with... Louis Van Gaal and, and, and you know very David Moyes much more experienced coaches ahead of him yeah, right? yeah. they couldn't yeah, yeah, so yeah. so yeah glory so glory weekend, man United weekend, uh, <laughs> yeah. Liverpool menu right yeah this weekend is Liverpool menu I think it'll be a jostle uh, yeah. for the top position and, and this one's a, uh, yeah. because I mean in recent they're years they're playing you, twice right they're playing twice yeah in recent years you've really felt like Liverpool really 
has become this superpower team that can beat all yeah, of yeah, Europe yeah. and everything. Correct, correct. And Menu only in recent months correct. and you feel like, eh, suddenly, how come they are first and everything? But I feel it's more because yeah. uh, Liverpool also has taken a foot off the pedal, uh, you know, the motivation and, and everything as well. So, so, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see this weekend how, how it really pans out. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. It's very interesting. But yes, what is, what is your one shock thing? Uh, my one shock thing is actually... Uh, a game that came out, I think, last year already, but uh, I just started, like, just just dabbling a little bit in it. It's called uh, Ghost of Tsushima, and mm. uh, it's a, actually a samurai game, open world mm. action samurai game. Uh, there is a lot like the a, a game that I, I think I've talked a lot about on this podcast is the Zelda, Zelda's uh, yeah. Breath of the Wild, and it's kind of like that, but set in medieval Japan with like the you know the feudal lords and 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 the Mongolian invasion of Japan and stuff like that. And you are playing a samurai lah, and you're going around uh, huh. fighting the Mong- Mongols and everything. And then, then I I mean, I'm, just not, I'm not just raising it because it's a, just a game. But um, it actually has a very... Uh, the game actually emphasizes like like a lot of Japanese culture. So they have actually very zen moments in the game where you can actually just... like You can go to a hot spring and you sit in the hot spring and you reflect on your on your past, on your father or your dead uncle and stuff like that. And you just reflect. And then or they bring you to a very uh, nice location with a lake and a tree. And then they ask you, would you like to compose a haiku right now? You know? Huh? And then yeah, then they will give you certain options of words you can use to compose a haiku. Lah. Then you just compose one on the spot. And then that makes you feel very at peace with the world, lah, you know? So 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 cool. yeah. So they it encourages you to in the middle of a game where you're going around killing people and fulfilling mission objectives and everything. Suddenly you can stop in the middle. You like if you like you're galloping through a very beautiful field or something. Suddenly you can stop and just say, "I want to sit here and just like meditate for a while." You know, you can choose to do that. And just and em- this is on what on what platform again? Uh, it's on the PlayStation Four, but I'm sure it can be played on PlayStation Five because it's cross compatible and all. But um, okay. yeah, so a lot of people were saying that that this this game, especially during their lockdowns that they're experiencing, all that it brought a lot of um, you know, peace and 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 quiet to to their lives as well, lah. Where we're in the midst of like killing and slashing, all that you can just stop and just say, okay, let's just admire what the you know this universe that the game developers have created and just look around a little bit. So it's pretty, it's pretty, it's quite interesting mechanic, lah. Which I thought it really places you in that. That you know that 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 uh, medieval Japan, uh. but you you generally like those kind of games, lah, right? Uh, when you say those kind of games, you mean what? Like the explore the world kind of role playing kind of thing, right? Yeah, I, I like it when when they create like universes and sandboxes where you can play, and then there's certain set of rules and things like that. I like I like those, like, Yeah, then they they hide. You're not little. grateful. You're not grateful for Singapore, is it? What do you mean? Yeah, then you want to escape to this other world. I mean. You consider of any anybody in any country who plays any game, right? Yeah, that's why I'm saying to all of you, lah. <laughs> so you're just trying to find something to, to negative what? about it, lah. Yeah, gamers, I am. The I am, gamers I am. are losers in the basement who who are staying with their mothers and all that. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, you're putting <laughs> putting words in my mouth, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. So I mean, I I've been increasingly tempted to to get a gaming platform, lah. Yeah, so I haven't bit the bullet yet. Well, you, uh, sound like I, a, I, you sound like a freaking like boomer when you like say that. Bit the bullet. Uh, yeah, bit no, the no, bullet. no. You said, I want to get a gaming <laughs> platform. A gaming what the platform? fuck <laughs> says that shit? 
You just say, I want to play this game. I want to play that game. I want to play this game. No one says, oh, I've been tempted to get a gaming platform. Tempted, uh, yeah. I want to get a platform, uh, you know, so I can play some games on it. For goodness sake, I want man. to get a platform. Your phone can play <laughs> games with you. Just use it. Uh. Oh, but, you know, I want the, the controller with the with the wire oh. and all, you know. <laughs> wire, everything's wireless now. Uh, the sake. wire, the Wired, you know, and then put in the cartridge and, and all that. headset, all right. Then you can talk to people. Yeah, correct, correct. Interact with, interactivity with people around the world, right? Yeah, correct. Exactly. I'm all about interactivity, yeah. yeah. And staying social, man. Just last time you you channel interact club in school and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. All about them interaction. Yeah. But yeah, that's my cool, man. Thing. All right. All right, sounds good. So, so... Now, I think we are working towards some sort of regularity of three episodes a week, so it's going to be coming. Yeah, and keep keep posting on Reddit. I think for, for those who haven't listened to the last episode, now we also actually talk about um, the Reddit threads a lot more uh, mm. in that midweek episode because I think uh, for us, it's like the, the Reddit is... is there's a lot of interesting conversations going on, and sometimes we we don't have enough time to highlight them on our on this like current affairs podcast or main of main news podcast. So we we take yeah. a bit of time midweek to talk about things, uh. Yeah. Yeah, and and our Instagram DMs also keep them coming, man. Keep yep. them coming. Cool. cool. All right. Peace out. Peace.